Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Series that I did many, many years ago on um, just questioning things, not in a negative or derogatory way, but uh, why do we do the things we do? I remember, and I was looking at some of the notes uh, recently, and uh, like, uh, why, why do we give? And um, last week, why do we uh, invest in young people? Why? Why do we uh, have altars? Why do we preach? Why do we send missionaries? You know, I think there's a lot of things that we're that we do just because, in our minds, that's the way we were raised. That's, you know, you just do it because it's um, it's the traditional thing to do. It's what Baptists do. They preach. They have altars. They pray. They have invitations. They give, and do all these things. Not to take away from any of that, but, you know, I think that that sometimes we just need to kind of validate the things we do with with the Scripture. And and so the thought tonight is, why pray? Why pray? Prayer's mentioned uh, some 500 times in the Scripture. I'm surprised. I thought it would have been more than that. About 500 times. In the uh, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance has three columns on each page. There's 114 entries on each page. And it's only about one page and then about half of another page. So I just estimated somewhere between four and 500 times prayer is mentioned in the Scripture. And uh, there's a lot of things that are mentioned a whole lot more than prayer is mentioned. I had a list of those and I didn't bring them with me. Things that are mentioned sometimes 20 to 1 as far as prayer is concerned. Twenty more times than prayer is mentioned uh, in the Scripture. And, uh, and so why do we pray? Why pray? Um, and then uh, the, the first mention in the Scripture is, is found in Genesis chapter number 20 and verse number 17. That's not the first time the word prayer is mentioned. But it's the first time that somebody is praying unto God. The Bible said in Genesis, I can read that better than I can read this. Genesis 20, 17. So Abraham prayed unto God. Now the word prayer had been mentioned multiple times already in, um, in the sense that, that someone is speaking to someone else and uh, they're, they're encouraging them, I pray thee, I pray thee. And uh, that's just kind of a word of admonishment. But uh, this is one of the first times that I could find where somebody is actually praying unto God. Interesting, the last time that prayer is mentioned in the Scriptures, in Revelation chapter number 8 and verse number 4, the smoke of the incense, which was the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And so between Genesis 20, is it verse 17, and Revelation chapter 8 and verse number 4, the first book in the Bible to the last book in the Bible some 500 times 
It mentions prayer or prayed or pray or praying and perhaps one other way. Some questions that people might have in their minds. Some questions people might think or ask about prayer. And I just, I just kind of listed seven things here that, that uh, I thought that uh, might fit for our introduction tonight. The first one would be, now here's some things that people, you, you, might not, you might not say it out loud, but in the back of your mind, occasionally, you have probably asked or thought one of these seven things. The first one being this, why should I pray? Why should I pray? A lot of times people will say, well, I've tried that. I've had people to tell me, I prayed and it didn't work. I, I heard a story just over the weekend, I guess it was over the last few days, of someone, not anyone in our church, uh, but of someone that had, that they had prayed about two situations, two health situations in their family, and their words were something like this, and God didn't come through. God didn't come through. They were bitter because God didn't seemingly answer their prayer in the way that they wanted their prayer answered. And so we asked the question, why should I pray? Why should I pray? Here's another one. And this isn't all of them. Um, why have prayer meeting? Uh, we have what we call on Wednesday night prayer meeting. And it's the, it's, the, it's the least thing that we do on Wednesday night. And it's the last thing that we do on Wednesday night. But we call it prayer meeting. And uh, we'll sing for a while, and we'll talk for a while, and we'll make announcements for a while, and, and uh, then we'll sing some more, and we'll receive an offering, and we'll have a devotion, and then right at the very end, we'll have what we call prayer meeting. Prayer meeting. We've added, and I'm thankful for it, I've enjoyed the Sunday 5.30 prayer. Uh, it's a little inconvenient, I'm sure, you know, needing choir practice, and we... I, it, I've been trying to have a school staff meeting for the last three weeks, and I finally was able to have it tonight. And we had it just before the service tonight. And uh, we need to have, um, uh, I need to have a, a board meeting, and I need to have uh, a meeting for Vacation Bible School, and I need to have a, a meeting with our board of trustees. And, uh, you know, but it just seems like there's not enough time to have all the meetings that we need to have. And now we've thrown prayer meeting in there. I think it would be more important than all that put together. Why have prayer meeting? Here's another one. Uh, why have the National Day of Prayer? That was just celebrated recently. And uh, our students, I, was, I wasn't here, but uh, they went out into the parking lot and carried the flags out and surrounded uh, the poles. And, and that was happening all across the nation. Did it do any good? I'm sure it did. I've heard somebody say, well, you know, at least when we... There's a couple of things happen when we pray. Uh, somebody needs the prayer, and I need the practice. I need to practice. You'll see that in a few minutes. Here, here's, a, here's a biggie. Why do we pray before our meals? I've never had anybody to ask me that in a restaurant, but we always do. And I'm not talking about, you know, one of these prayers where you slide the napkin off the edge of the table and thank you for our food and put your napkin back up on. I'm not talking about that. 
And I'm not talking about a Brother Sammy Allen prayer in, in the western sizzling. I'm talking about he'd, he'd get up and he'd get everybody's attention and he'd say, ladies and gentlemen, he'd, and he'd just start praying right in the middle of a restaurant. But we need to pray. Why do we pray before our meals? Well, I think the answer to all these things are given to us in God's Word. But people sometimes legitimately at least think, now why are they over there praying? What, what's, isn't prayer just some kind of symbolic thing? Some people believe prayer is no more than, than symbolic. And uh, then there's other people that believe that when you pray in public, that you're praying uh, in a pharisaical way. But the reality of it is people like you and people like I try to be, we're sincere about our prayer life. We are sincerely grateful that we have food before us. And we know, we know where that comes from. We know, and so we, we pray and whether you call it grace or whatever you want to call it, we. so why do we pray before our meals? Here's another one. Why do we pray for peace or healing? Why do we pray for healing? That's next on the list. Why do we pray for healing? Well, I think that we're, in the scripture, we're, we're, we're commanded to do so. We're encouraged to do so. Why do we pray for healing? Does God... Always heal everyone that we pray for? No. I prayed for people fervently. And I've, I've, I've I prayed effectually for people before. I mean, I've given it all of my heart. Loved ones, family members, mom and dad, my in-laws and... and uh, Brothers and sisters and, and family members and, and church members. And, and, and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And it wasn't that God could not heal. God had another plan. Why pray for healing then? Why pray for healing? Sometimes he does. Oftentimes he does. I'm glad that God let me see many years ago, and I've used it in illustration, that there's something better than healing for the child of God. It's called resurrection. It's called resurrection. And we know, we know that we can't be in this world forever. We, and so we, we pray for healing. Why pray for healing? Here's a, here's a good one. Why pray for peace? These are just some things that, that people might have in the back of their mind when you say, when you ask the question, why pray? Why pray? Why pray for peace when in what is called a peacetime for the most part, we're, our nation's not at war. But in, in most of the time, in a time of peace, we know what's going on in Ukraine with Russia, we, we know about that. But you know, there's somewhere between 30 
to 40 civil wars that are going on in the world at any given time? And so why do we pray for peace? Uh, isn't it enough that they, they have their peace accords and, and they, you know, they gather their groups together and they sign their peace treaties and they do all of these kind of things? Why pray for peace? Why pray about decisions? Boy, that's a biggie. You know, why, why should I even pray about a decision that I'm about to make? Why would a young lady pray about the person that uh, she would be uh, espoused to for the rest of her life, or a young man as well? Why would you even think about praying about where you work and, and, uh, and, and where you go to school? And why, why would you even pray about those kind of things? Why, why would you pray? Why would you pray? Well, let me give you three reasons very quickly tonight why I pray. I want, to notice, I want you to notice with me, and we'll look at some scripture here very quickly. And uh, we're in the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. I should have told you that up front. Matthew, chapter number 14, and a couple of verses here. Three things we're going to look at very quickly tonight. Number one, Jesus introduced his disciples to prayer. He really did. He, he, this is the introduction to prayer. Notice what he said in verse number 22 in Matthew, and you can... You can uh, write this in, in your notes if you want to. Number one is the introduction to prayer. But it's not just, it's not just casual prayer. Uh, it's not just uh, public prayer. It's not just private prayer. It's not just community prayer. It is personal prayer. He introduced his disciples to this, this personal prayer life. Look at Matthew chapter number 14, and you've already read it while I was running my mouth. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Look at verse number 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. We're introduced by the greatest prayer warrior in the history of the entire world, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not just, and you, you know the rest of the story, you know about, about the walking on the water, you know all the things that follow after this and all the things that, that uh, transpired uh, after he had gone up into the mountain to pray, but, but to keep it, to keep it personal. If he felt the need to pray, how much more should you and I be compelled to pray? I think that he's setting an example for his disciples right here. And, uh, and he did it again and again and again and again. And that, that a great, and I don't have it in our notes tonight, but in John 17, I, the, the Lord's Prayer and how that he's praying for his people. And he's even, he's not, he doesn't limit, he, he doesn't limit his prayer to the ones that are saved. He goes as far as to, to, to say that he's praying for those who will be saved. You know who he was praying for when he prayed that great high priestly prayer in John 17? You and you and you and you and you. Oh yeah, and you and you and all those that would be saved till he comes again. Personal prayer. 
I'm not the Pope. I love to pray for you. And we take prayer requests quite seriously around here. And uh, we, you know, we, we don't want to just kind of throw out a blanket prayer. We love to call names around here. And uh, typically we have a, a, an ongoing prayer list at the back of the building. We'll pick that back up here in just a little while. Kind of lost it over during COVID and those kind of things. We don't always blame it on that. But, um, but uh, kind of a, you know, it's, uh, it's, we love to pray one for another. And uh, we, love to, we love to hear everybody pray. I love to hear the men pray over the men's prayer meeting. Some of the ladies said, we want to go to, that, to the men's prayer meeting. Nope, we're going to do this one ourselves. Y'all have yours and we have ours. What do you call somebody like that? Am I xenophobic or I don't know what, I don't know what, the, I don't know what they, the politicians would call me. And, uh, but uh, here, here's, here's the thing. Heard that somewhere before. Here's the thing. It's personal prayer. Number two. Let's just stay in the book of Matthew. I have a lot of other scriptures, but just stay in the book of Matthew. Look over in the uh, 20, I guess it's the uh, 26th chapter, Matthew chapter number 26. And uh, let's look at verse number 36. And so the introduction to prayer is it's personal prayer. But here's another story. Here's an illustration of prayer. Not only does he introduce his disciples to prayer, but he also illustrates to them about prayer. We could have used Luke eleven six with this, but I wanted, I wanted to read this. Then cometh Jesus, verse number 36, with them unto the place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Look at this phrase. And he went a little further, a little further, and fell on his face, and here it is again, I underlined it every time, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, Watch and pray, I underlined it again, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse number 42, he went again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not uh, pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Look at verse number 44. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same word. In Matthew chapter number 6, he introduces them to prayer. In Matthew chapter number 26, he illustrates persistence in prayer. Was it not the apostle? Apostle Paul that said three times 
Thrice I brought this before him. And that's where he goes on and said his grace is... And so, without saying anything else about it, persistency in prayer. Again and again. Never give up on prayer. Never give up on prayer. Let's close with this one. Look with me back over in uh, Matthew chapter number 6. Why pray? The introduction to prayer, it is a personal. The illustration of prayer, we're to be persistent in our prayer. I love to see people, that I, we have people in our church come to the altar absolutely every service. How often do you come? I mean, absolutely every service. Whether I call, and it's rare, I don't remember a time that we haven't had an invitation, you know, after whatever kind of service. You know what that is? Persistence. He prayed the first time about it. He prayed the second time about it. And he prayed the third time about it. Persistency in prayer. And then finally, he gives us instructions in Matthew 5, or Matthew 6 rather, on how to pray and how not to pray. The how-to and the how-not-to. And I'm not going to take time to read all those. Matter of fact, Tracy, you can come on to the piano. He said in verse number 5 of Matthew chapter number 6, here's our instructions now. He said, when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be, may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. And then He has this. He said, After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but delivers from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. And so he gives some, some do's and some don'ts about our prayer lives. Why pray? Let's stand. Thank you for being such a good class.